Our first Hit It Here podcast of the offseason is officially here. Episode 28 of the Hit It Here podcast. There is so much to talk about here today. A lot of comments made by Jerry Depoto, Justin Hollander, and the like. But the one thing I want to get to is, Joe, how's it going? I am doing a lot better than how the front office is doing on Twitter, basically. <laughs> if I had to put it on a scale of, you know, front office on Twitter to 10, I'm probably at like a 7. Like, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. I'd rather mm -hmm. be watching playoff baseball like many other people, involving the Mariners, I guess. But could be worse. Yeah, so as a lot of you probably know and have probably heard by now, the comments made by Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander, the day that we're recording this, it was today that that happened. You'll be seeing this to the next day. There's a lot to break down as to what these guys said, and there are certain points that really peeved a lot of people. Uh, Joe, you made a list of, I guess, a bunch of different talking points. Do you want to get us uh, started here? We're going to start with just relating to the 2023 season as it as it should be. You know, we'll start there and kind of move along naturally as it goes. Um, Depoto talked about in his opening statement that despite a disappointing end outcome, yes, he still considered the season a step forward and then points to core guys and young guys having good performances and of the like. What is your initial thought of calling this season specifically a step forward organizationally? I think a lot of the problems that people have with what DePoto said during this whole press conference is really the way he worded it, because I don't I don't necessarily disagree that the season itself was a step forward with guys like Julio. He, obviously, he was better this year, kind of, depending on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. JP was better this year. I mean... Half the organization made the playoffs, just not the important team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, true. What was it? Modesto won the whole damn thing. So, Modesto won the whole thing. Travelers made yeah. it to the final. Everett, obviously, it's only a two-team playoff there, but they were in the finals. And yeah, Tacoma, Tacoma Rainiers, they it. came up short, but they were competitive all year long. As an organization, sure, it was, an, it was a fine year. It's just mm -hmm. you think about where we set ourselves last year in terms of what we accomplished, what we set up to accomplish at the beginning of this year, what the kind of, I guess, the air around the team, right? It was, I mean, in the, in the preseason video, win it all was underlined on a whiteboard and don't even have an opportunity to win a playoff game, which is, mm -hmm. to me, signifies failure because that should be the goal with how we have developed the, the core, developed the talent, where we were at in terms of skill and whatnot with on this ball club that reaching the playoffs should have been step one. Right. right. And I think that coming into the this season with high expectations after finally breaking the drought, it really looked like this team was headed the right direction. I wouldn't necessarily call it a step forward when you now you win fewer games, you miss the playoffs completely, and you saw some key guys take a step back, like Gino and like Ty France. Sure, some guys were better this year, yeah. but... I think it's going into the season, maybe the front office had different expectations than the rest of us did. Obviously, they planned on making the playoffs. That's that's clear. But the rest of us thought, we're going to play in the playoffs. We're going to play deep in the playoffs. And DePoto now saying, we, we took a step forward. I don't know if that was necessarily what they thought was going to happen. Like, I don't know if they thought they were even like, well, maybe we'll make the playoffs. It seems more like kind of the line of thinking. It's just, it really is just the verbiage on this point that he made. To I me, that is the problem. A lot of DePoto's wording is where I think a lot of people are going to find problems. And this next part, it's 
pretty, I think, evident in terms of where the organization might be thinking or how they were thinking about 2023, about halfway through the year, talking about the trade deadline and stuff and how they are not just looking at this year, but they're also looking at years ahead. Um, DePoto said this season, as much as disappointing, the end was a step forward for us, sustainable roster competing for championships year in and year out forward steps for our young players. Our challenge as a front office is to find a way to step forward. So I don't necessarily disagree with that. Like there's, there's things that are in each of these comments that are going to be true. There's going to be validity to them. And we're just going to have to kind of, I don't want to say we have to accept it because that then is just being complacent to maybe a, I don't, I don't want to say like lackluster, like, like of like care from Jerry DePoto. I don't think he has any lack of care. I think there's just, the wording is just poor. And Sure, we're looking at 2024 with the trade of Paul Sewell and acquiring Josh Rojas to shore up second base for a bit and, you know, potential impact guys later down the line with Brian Bliss and Dominic Canzone. And with that, there's not one thing that you can really point to in this season, though, where it's like one big issue that happened. And Hollander said that in this presser as well. I don't think it's one person's fault. It's a collection of things that didn't go the way you wanted it to. And we've been saying that, I feel like, even when they were just still 500, like, oh, it's not just one thing. It's a collection of things. Right. And going into it, obviously, we've talked about this all season. Nobody could have known that Eugenio Suarez was going to take a step back, that France is going to take a step back, that Colton Wong was going to be the worst version of himself, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on. But I think that when I look at the trade deadline specifically, my problem is the players themselves not put themselves in a good enough spot to really need to go out and add at that point because they had played like poop like the whole season. And so why would DePoto and Hollander go out there and make that big move? I, d a lot of people say, oh, it shows that they didn't believe in this team, but the team didn't really give them a whole lot to believe in up to that point. Yeah. And the reason for that, you can say, is because they didn't make any big moves during the offseason. I don't disagree with that. I think that's completely true. Last offseason was the time to do it, to go out if you're going to sign a big contract, that that is the time to do it. We'll talk a little bit more about like big names and big contracts a little bit later on here. But the trade deadline, I personally, to this day, don't really have a problem with. I love seeing Paul Seawald out there. He closed out the game for the Diamondbacks today. Yeah. I love seeing him out there getting his chance to shine and i think that while i love paul i really do i think canzone bliss and rojas are were a great addition to this ball club you trade a paul at the peak of his of his value so i i, I agree it's not just one thing you can't pin it on the paul seawall trade you can't pin it on signing colton wong instead of trey turner it's it's a mixed mixed bag of all these different things that really was the problem yeah you're going to the extreme on that last one but as far as like the deadline I think the issue that it stems with is that we end up one game short and you think back at that point in time at the end of July, then we go on a 21 and six run in August, which is completely unpredictable and not precedented within this specific season because we hadn't played good ball for a singular month up until July and we didn't know if it was sustainable or not. But then you look back at it and you're like, okay, maybe they could have acquired one more bat or one more arm to allow the shortcomings of Miller and Wu with their fatigue to not have such a big impact on the roster coming down the stretch. And that's where DePoto saying he doesn't want to change anything about how they approach this deadline probably isn't going to sit right with people because it seems like they were one piece away and we would be playing the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa Bay or we'd be playing the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota versus the Blue Jays or the Rangers, right? And Scott Service, in this Talking About 2023 segment, he said, in my mind, we are as good as the Rangers or Astros, except for a couple games. Which 
like is the weirdest i feel like it's one of the weirder quotes from the day because yeah. like duh because they're uh, in the playoffs like <laughs> look at the standings look like, at the yeah. standings of course they're one like we're just as good but not quite it's like what like, i don't understand what he was saying there or what what his point was trying to be is that we were close to them you don't want to be close to them you want to be past them and we had plenty right. of opportunities to seize that moment and then the team just comes up short and it's guys like not to just like sandbag on a specific group of people but in the last 10 games there are the stars of your team that just didn't show up and if no i don't know how any comments were not made about luis castillo's two duds against houston and texas or julio's awful approach in the final 10 games no nothing was brought up about it the only time players got brought up was talking about cal's comments and how they're like oh it's i'm not gonna be mad at him for sharing his opinion he wants to win but then we're apologizing for it. i know i think cal reached out and said that he wanted to apologize himself that was something that i think we found out later on but it's just and i know they're not going to answer questions that they're not asked at the presser so maybe people didn't ask why did Julio not do well against the Rangers and Astros in the final 10 games? But it's just, there's just seems to be a disconnect. And that's one of the worst things for me, at least as a fan, when the the gap between me and the team and then the team to the management, there's even a gap between us and the management in the front office. And it seems like they just, they're not aware. They're not checked in at points. And it's frustrating because we want what's best for the team in terms of we want to see results. We want to see wins. We want to see team go in the right direction. And I love that Jerry wants to build a sustainable roster. And that's great. The, therein lies the problem of like, he's being very honest in public interviews and everything like that. But then there's stuff that he can't say. And he's like, has to hide it to a certain degree. And then, then that feels disingenuine on his part because of the way he has to navigate the media. And I do not envy him one bit in that regard. Cause I can just say whatever I want right here for the most part and be okay. Jerry, says some stuff like, oh, I hated that Cal made those comments. It's done, right? He's fired, yeah. He, there's, there's PR stuff that ha has to be involved. And that's, I get that. But to completely just relegate certain things from discussion just felt like a big oversight for a team that had very high expectations going into 2023. Yeah, and looking at things that maybe, you know, PR stunts or whatever, let's talk a little bit about free agents and whatnot with this team. Because I think one of the uh, big ones was DePoto. He was asked about the free agent market, how it's relatively thin for bats. Mm -hmm. And DePoto said, it's not, as it's not as robust of a class that it has been in the last few years. Duh. Which is why you should have gone out and done it last year. Why you should have gone out and made those signings last year. And he talked a little bit about signing the big players. Do you want to get into that? It stems from Cal's original comment talking about how he wants to have big batters or big pitchers to come help shore up some of the mistakes or the problems that the roster has and jerry's response which nah not good in my opinion i don't know the solution to our problem is big name players there are a number of teams that are evidence today that that might not be the only way sure very that last part is fine but i think it's the the, the deflecting i guess of the first half of that where it's i don't know if the solution is the big name players just like and i think also part of this, part of the comment earlier, Jerry's saying it would be nice to have the big name guys. Of course, we want to have those things. He's acting as if it's a luxury. And to an extent, that is true. Not every team can go out and spend $400 million in an offseason and come out on the other side being okay and come out on the other side of five more years and still be okay because then you're going to be handcuffed with a lot of contracts that you probably shouldn't have been spending on. But to say that, that a big name player would not help find a solution on this team for 
several different reasons in terms of say for batters you need a guy that doesn't strike out as much you need more contact hitters which is something that they're looking to address in this offseason with free agents there's going to be a handful of bigger name bats they're not a ton they're not fruitful in this offseason but there's a couple out there that could be helpful and if we're just completely avoiding the fact that we don't want to try and bring in a big name player because that's not in our solution plan. That just seems like another oversight, which is the same exact thing that happened last offseason, where we brought in AJ Pollock, Colton Wong. I know that wasn't a free agent, but, and like Tommy Osella, it just doesn't seem like there's, I guess, a drive to find premium talent and bring it to this ball club via the free agent market. I think the problem lies with the fact that, she, I, don't, I don't need you to go out and sign Aaron Judge. I don't need you to go out and sign you know, the, the Trey Turner contract, it was too ridiculous, mm -hmm. but I also want you to aim a little bit higher than the AJ Pollux and the Tommy Lestellas of the world. Maybe don't bargain bin dive, you know, maybe, maybe shop at like, yeah, I don't need you shopping at like, uh, what's a fancy Gucci, store? Louis Vuitton, Gucci. Yeah. I get what you're saying though. Like elevate where you're shopping at in terms of the yeah. agency. When I, when I look at this offseason, guys like Hammer Condelario and Cody Bellinger, I mean, Cody Bellinger might be a little expensive depending on what kind of deal he's looking for. But those are guys where you're not signing a 13-year, $500 million contract, right? Like like the Shohei contract. Mm -hmm. uh, should you call Shohei? Absolutely. Should you be in the bidding? Absolutely. But if you don't get him, I'm not going to be so incredibly upset that you missed out on that one big opportunity. If you go out and sign someone like a Hammer Condelario, I'll, yeah. I'll be fine with that. But if you miss out on Shohei, you don't sign Candelario or Bellinger, and instead you go sign Adam Frazier back, I'm going to be upset because the, the fans deserve it at this point for you to go out and add someone interesting. Don't make a, a trade for Colton Wong. I like Colton Wong. I do. But everyone, I mean, again, no one thought he was going to be that bad, but the writing was on the wall that he's not going to be an everyday star in your lineup. And you need one more everyday star in your lineup to pair up with Julio and Cal. And I mean, Teo was that guy a little bit off and on, but he was not consistent. Mm -hmm. And the Mariners need consistency in that lineup. Yeah, I was looking through the free agent class on trade rumors and a name that I think it, it just kind of like came off at the page at me was Joey Wendell. For some reason, that is a name that I could see DePoto being like, yeah, we brought in Joey Wendell this offseason, and it's going to be this big thing, and I hope I'm wrong. Because, Welcome, Wendell. Yeah, it's just not going to, you know, that's that. if you're going to watch out for a bad signing, that's my pick early on, like two days into the offseason. Talking about other avenues of acquiring players in the offseason, not just free agency, but there are a number of other players in other markets, not the free agent market, that are attractive to us. We'll explore all avenues to improve, DePoto said. Honda saying, I think we have a we have plenty of player resources to trade and plenty of financial resources. So it doesn't seem like they're as handcuffed as we might be thinking. But again, they said that last year too. It's a PR thing. They have to say that because John Stanton, if, if they say, oh no, we're, we don't have as much money as, you know, we, we would like to be able to spend right now. John Stanton would be like, all right, well, you're out. Yeah. So you can't, you can't down talk John Stanton because, and notice how he wasn't there today. He Shocker. wasn't, he, he wasn't at the press conference when he very well should have been to address these comments about how cheap he has been. Because I remember when he became the majority owner or whatever it was of the Mariners, he's like, we're going to, we're going to spend. Cause obviously there was the rumors before when Nintendo was around that they weren't willing to spend the money and whatnot. John Stanton's like, we're going to spend, you know, we're going to go out and get all these players. And really, you haven't. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was willing to open up the pocketbook for Julio or the Luis Castillo extension. And that's great. And I do appreciate that. 
But when a guy comes across your table like a Shohei Otani, you have, and especially with everything that the fans have been saying, you have to be willing to go out there and at least start those conversations and be in the bidding. And you need it to come out publicly that you're in the bidding. We need another, like how the Mariners were in talks with Robinson Cano. We need that again. Yeah. We need some some sign of life from John Stanton's pocketbook saying, hey, I'm willing to put that money out there if the fit arises. Even if you don't sign Shohei, I want to at least see that you were willing to do it. And of course, Hollander and all that, they're not going to say, oh no, John said we couldn't. They're not going to say that because they would lose their jobs. Yeah, and Otani is a name that was not mentioned once in this presser. And I think probably for good reason, you know, just to kind of maybe mm-hmm. not be so... I mean, it might be even more taboo to not mention it, but like in that same way, like you don't talk about it. You know, it's the saying the quiet part out loud. I would believe intentional at this rate, but Depoto also mentioned we will have a higher payroll next year. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the problem is, is I don't think that we can look at it anymore as, oh, that, that is a sign they're going to spend. He could be speaking very literal as their payroll is going to go up $10 million yeah. because <laughs> Julio is going to start making some more money or arbitration is going to go up a little bit. That could literally be all that means. Yeah, it is very open-ended in that way. I'm glad you met. I'm glad you phrased it that way because that is exactly how I took that, that comment because he mentioned during this as well, we've signed three out of the 40 like big contracts with like Robbie Ray, Julio Rodriguez and Luis Castillo. Or I can't remember what frame of numbers it was. And it's true. And had Castillo's, signing happened in free agency as opposed to via the trade and extension we would probably be a little bit more receptive of this regime in terms of free agency but of course it comes in the trade and then it's a little bit different of i guess feelings for us as fans where we still are wanting more and the results i think warrant wanting more still because obviously we didn't make the playoffs and in terms of payroll yeah it doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're going to go sign heimer condelario for four years, like 75 million or whatever his market's going to be like. They could just be signing Garrett Cooper for two years, 20 million until they decide what they want to do with Ty France and until Tyler Locklear's ready and then just have another guy there and just call it a day. It'll be more because certain different aspects of our finances are going to be going up for player contracts. Poto also mentioned that we have a foundational roster now that is attractive to other players. Poto was asked about that when it was mentioned that Seattle is an unattractive place for free agents. Do you agree, disagree? Are you indifferent on that comment specifically? I think there are, there's a good group of players in Seattle that people would probably want to play with. I think the issue is, is that there's not a lot not a lot of like super like superstar power right now. It is mainly just Julio. Like, yeah, we have three all stars: Castillo and Kirby. Cal, I think, is a great guy that could warrant like, oh, I respect him, like that level of respect. Whereas, like with Trey Turner, his big deal was going back and playing baseball with Bryce Harper. Right, he'd been teammates with him in the past in in Washington, obviously, and going there made a lot of sense for him to reunite with Bryce Harper in a way. There doesn't seem to me like there's that large of a connection, I think, in between players and the Mariners right now. I'm kind of neutral because until we sign people and it's proven that people will be willing to go to Seattle, it's kind of hard to say that it's not true, that people don't want to come here. But I think there's a good foundation of players that people would want to play with. I just think there's outside factors, maybe like the travel of the West Coast. And I think that the the situation with... for for Cal, for example, with the comments he made and then the way that it was talked about by like a Scott or Jerry or whatnot, how they talked about the situation. 
that can't help a player want to come here when you see, I mean, everyone and their mother, the writing is on the wall that the way they treated that whole situation was very poorly. Yeah. The way, like, like the whole, basically Scott calling Cal kind of like, you know, oh, he's still learning. His emotions yeah. got the best of him. It's like, no, shut up because you need to get the, these other players aren't going to want to come play for you. If that's what you're going to say about a guy who called a spade a spade. Yeah. Like, why would anyone want to come out and play for you at that point? So I don't know. I, I think that, yes, I mean, would I want to play with Julio Rodriguez? Absolutely. But am I going to sign like a four or five year deal where I could get now trapped here with what seems like could, you know, there could be issues throughout in different facets of the game with management or with upper management or what have you? I don't know if I'd be willing to do that at that point. Yeah, it is weird where players come out publicly and defend right away and the manager gives them a slap on the wrist. It just it feels like I mentioned earlier with like the disconnect between like front office and the fans. It does feel like there's begin starting to, I guess, like a rift or a tear in how Scott was a manager for the players. Very much so a player manager. And now it seems like maybe the players are almost outgrowing him to a certain extent, which if I'm being real, if the marriage come out slow in 2024, that is where the seat is going to be hot for Scott service without a doubt in my mind, defended him plenty. There's going to be a moment for that conversation to start happening. And 2024 looking ahead to it, it's not necessarily an easy road ahead fully because there's still some key contributors that we're not going to get back right away, but there are some that could be back sooner rather than later. So we, the big one we've always been talking about has been Robbie Ray. You know, we missed him, I would say, pretty significantly with Miller and Wu's fatigue towards the end of the year. We're not going to get him back until at least the All-Star break, it sounds like. And if he's there's a setback, it's even worse, right? It could be even further beyond. But DePoto was saying that he has worked his tail off during his rehab. So I would be willing to bet we'll see Robbie by July, should nothing else go wrong. Penn Murphy's, I think, gone for the entire year next year. Yeah, he's out all next year. Same thing with Easton McGee, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Both but, out all next year. But three guys that could be back by spring training. Marco Gonzalez, Emerson Hancock, and old boy Evan White. Somehow, someway, still kicking. Any of those <laughs> names excite you as far as being ready, potentially ready for spring? Nope. Not, not even not Emerson, at all. Not even Emerson Hancock? No. I mean, I think that my excitement for Emerson Hancock is using him as a trade piece. Still. Okay. That, that's how that's how I was with him beginning of this year during the season. That's how I felt. Like okay. Emerson Hancock is someone who, you know, he pitched what three or four games at the major league level and then got hurt. Like, yeah, he is. It is what it is. Like, I I think that Emerson Hancock could be a great player in the future, but right now with this Mariners team, he's pushed out. And I think especially with the injury, adding him to this roster when you already have five bona fide starters of course if there's an you you need him you need to be able you need to keep him in triple a ready to go because it's bound to happen someone's gonna get hurt yeah. it's, it's going to happen i promise you it's we're not gonna have another 2022 where everything went right and so i think that emerson hancock's a fine one to have coming back but i don't get excited about it you can add five emerson hancocks this offseason if you want to just out of the free agent pool if you needed to uh evan white i mean who knows who yeah. knows? I'm not I'm not going to ever I'm not going to hold my breath on it anymore. And then Marco, I think Marco might be gone this offseason. Really? So, I, I just yeah. feel like with the amount of, I guess, like hardship in a way, I guess, that we went through with the pitching staff and injuries, uh, they'd be silly to let him go. 
And I understand that it might be a liability to throw him out there, but I don't think you let him go in the offseason. I think that'd be like a, a midseason designate for assignment kind of a thing. Regardless of that, it's nice that we have some clarity on some of those injuries, I think. It is nice to just have that out in the open so we kind of we don't have to be guessing at that rate. Toto also mentioned that there'd be a wave of prospects coming mid to late, you know, mid to late season next year. And he named guys like Zach Deloach and Ryan Bliss. Are there other guys on your radar for a summer kind of call up? Aside from I think the the names that we've all been waiting for, I think Bliss is the is mainly the 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 one there. Yeah, I mean Zach Deloach, he could have been up this year. He's been, you know, in toiling away in AAA for a while now. Again, the way he worded it, there's a wave coming. I, I don't think so. I don't I don't view like Ryan Bliss and Zach Deloach as a wave. Maybe like, like, a, I, like I, a ripple. Like a, you yeah. know, like, like a lazy river wave, maybe. Mm -hmm. I, don't get me wrong. I, I'm sure those guys could contribute. But I think that if I'm looking towards next year, I think the biggest person that we could, and this is a big could, and I think it's highly unlikely, but could see come up is a Tyler Locklear at yeah. towards the towards the end of the season. He's someone who he's, you know, hit at every level. He can, he's advanced quickly. He's a bit older and he's a guy who has an advanced approach. I think that he could be in the big leagues mid season, maybe August at the earliest. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the timeline would look like for him. I would assume he starts next year. Double a, he was finished in Arkansas. I would assume he starts there. And then if and then, they want yeah. to move him to the PCL to let him just hit nukes. But I do think it will be incumbent on Ty France or mm -hmm. I guess move surrounding the first base position. Should we make a move this offseason? But based around the talks that we've heard, it does not seem like moving on from Ty France is necessarily within the organization's, I guess, set of goals or their agenda. Talking about Ty France going to Dryland with JP and there's a comment from Depoto saying he's committed to taking this offseason as serious as he can. It really bothered him. I have no doubt that Ty France will be a better hitter next year than he was this year. So with that, you're talking about Locklear's call up. How short of a leash are you giving Ty France in 2024? I'd give him till the end of May, maybe. And even that might be a little long. I mean, April, you know, April, May. Yeah. And then just see, see what you got. Like, I would say at the latest at the All-Star break, if he is still not performing at the All-Star break, he's gone. And I think that Ty is a guy who, if he says he's going to go out there and he's going to put in the work, he's going to go out there and put in the work. I, I wholeheartedly believe that about Ty. Mm -hmm. But if it's not there, it's not there. Yeah. Like, it, you can't, you don't have the time to wait anymore. I'm okay with running Ty France back out there at first base, but not without a contingency plan. I don't want another situation where you have to run a bad Ty France out there every single day when your backup is Mike Ford, who was fine, by the way. But mm -hmm. your backup is Mike Ford, who you might not want out there defensively. So I, mean, I, I, yeah, I just think even before, because Mike Ford was not on the roster until what, June? We were yeah. just letting him sit there in AAA while France was, he wasn't struggling super bad at the beginning of the year, but there were signs where it just, it started to drop off pretty quickly. And we rolled out more at first base and Haggerty at first base before we even called up Mike Ford, which is and originally the plan was Tommy LaStella, which is Tommy LaStella. And that just seems asinine to me that we, that was something that they considered as I guess you're talking about a contingency plan. That does not seem like a plan at all. That just seems mm -hmm. like you, you banked on things going right for you again without fail and everything backfired. Not everything, but a, a certain 
amount of things backfired. Yeah, and again, at some point, you just have to start having the leash on these guys. You can't let them continuously run out there and fail because you're, as Jerry Depoto says, we're in the window now. We are in the window that was set up for the Mariners going forward. And the comment that he made that really irked a lot of people mm -hmm. is this right here. This is a long one. We're in it when talking about the window. When we talk about sustainability, it's not a year-long exercise. More big picture thought. We're looking at a six-year roster projection. If you look at the teams that achieve, the teams that win 54% of the time over a long period always end up in the postseason. And more often than not, they end up in the World Series. We're looking to sustain this over decades. We're actually doing the fan base a favor in asking for their patience to win the World Series while we continue to build a sustainably good roster joe where do we start he just that one really hurts because up until that point i think i had trusted depoto with like legitimately full confidence yep. there was no unwavering from me and i can be a bootlicker i don't care i would have trusted depoto to do things that i felt would be right for this ball club after realizing and admitting to the mistakes of 2022's offseason failure and then to come out and say that what they're doing and they're trying to achieve is a favor is the biggest slap to the face I could have ever received on the first day of the playoffs where we're not participating in them. You're not hosting the presser publicly because there's playoffs going on because your team's not fucking participating in it. And it's because you've tried to establish this entire like amalgamation of roster construction like we're playing like you're playing the Sims, but for baseball. And it's not working yet, but you just have to be, we have to be patient. What are you, what are you talking about? And I understand that if you look back at the previous rosters that they inherited from Jack Sorensic and that crew, it is kind of the problem that they're trying to address. Those rosters were not sustainable at all. They had flashes in the pan of victories. They had moments where the teams were good. I understand that. And you look back and you think, okay, why can't we bring in the Robinson Cano? Well, because it handcuffed us. So they're trying to make sure that if they were to bring in a guy that's maybe similar, a little bit lower level, there's players to replace him in a sustainable fashion. But they haven't done that either. So they're creating the sustainable roster of quad A guys where you're rolling out Jose Caballero. I understand he had a 2.2 war. I don't care. Defense and speed carried it at the end of the day. And you've got four utility players on your roster taking up space when you could have a deeper bench. Your team has an insanely low floor when guys aren't playing at their best. And it's because you're trying to win 54% of the games. And it's not even a guarantee that that 54% is every single season. One season could be 60%. One season could be 50%. And you're still in that same threshold of whether they're going to be. That was an acceptable run from us. And yes, I am being upset over an 88 win season. Three years in a row of 90, 90, and 88. But to say that they're doing us a favor, is it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, I mean, we're doing you a favor by asking for their patience to win a World Series. You're the only team that's never even been to one. Mm -hmm. uh, you, the, the team has been around for, we're coming up on like 50, 60 years now. You're the only team that's never been in the World Series. They the, the the fan base waited 20 years for for to get make it back to the playoffs, and you're you want to ask us to be patient? Like, shut up! Like, this is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. I was at work when I read this, and I was watching it. And I'm like, there's that, no there's way. No, it, that has to be AI. You no, know, literally, it felt fake. I was like, there's no way this is actually real. Yeah, and that's exactly ugh. everyone else's responses too. It's just like, there's no way dude was on camera and decided, yes, this is what I need to say to the media and they will be happy about it. It got yeah. to the point, like, I understand 
you know, baseball coverage and West Coast media versus East Coast media, you know it's bad when John Boy's specific account tweets about something. Talking baseball can tweet about it all they want, but when John Boy's specifics account, that's bad news. What I'm upset about is the disconnect that it feels like there is from Jerry Depoto and the front office now. Because before I felt like Jerry Depoto of, of the general manager whatnot, always felt like one of the most personal because he's the most open. Mm-hmm. But there are some things you just keep to yourself. Like you can have, you know, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. You don't say it out loud because you you look at what he said in a vacuum. And sure, the Mariners won 90 games, 90 games, and 88 games. I'm not necessarily mad at the the win-loss column that we saw this year. I'm not. I'm mad at the process that led to it that left so much to be desired because this is a team that with just a the right tug here or the right placement of a guy there, this team wins the division. It, it that That is what's so frustrating to me. It's not necessarily the outcome because the outcome is what it is. The Mariners, this is the the... This last three years have been the second most successful in terms of winning percentage three years in the history of this team. So I'm not mad about that. I'm mad about the fact that it was this close to being even better. And instead, we all get to sit our happy asses at home and watch the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros play in very meaningful baseball games. And we get to sit here and watch our president of baseball operations tell us he's doing us a favor. It is asinine. It makes zero sense. It is the dumbest thing that I have ever heard out of a general manager's mouth truly, or a president of baseball operations about. It makes zero sense to me why he would say that. And I lost a lot of respect for Jerry Depoto today. I really did, because he was a guy who I looked up to. I thought, you know, he is very good at what he does. And don't get me wrong, he has built a very good baseball team from what was basically scraps that Jack Zarenzik left over. I think that he is good at his job. I just think that sometimes his mouth just needs to stay shut. Yeah, the I think the over-encompassing like mindset around this comment is if you cut off the favor part, it's not that bad. But the fact that we have to say thanks, Jerry, for third place is ridiculous. Welcome to the offseason, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we have to look forward to for the next four or five months. And on day two of the offseason, the general manager and president of baseball operations told us they're doing us a favor by having us sit at home and watch all the other teams still play baseball. This was episode 28 of the Hit It Here podcast. We have a lot to cover over the next few months. But most importantly, we're just happy you guys were here with us. We'll see you in a few days and go Mariners.